different saints, sister uh, Chandra, uh, she wasn't feeling well, she took a test, don't know, didn't have the results yet, so she's out, keep her in prayer, Brother Vincent tested positive for COVID, Brother Vincent, um, let's also please remember Sister Elaine, that's why Brother Jean isn't here, she took a new job, he said probably two or three weeks before he could get her schedule changed for her hours on Friday, so they won't be here on Fridays, but thank God he called, gave an account. Um, who else? Sister Tiffany, as she's recovering. Sister Pam, looking good, but not, not ready yet to sing, but we waiting for you. So they, they waiting for you. But thank God, I woke up feeling mighty fine. We woke up feeling mighty fine. It don't matter what it looked like, it's still well. It's still well because heaven is still on our mind. And so now, I'm feeling mighty fine. So we go before the Lord, remember these saints that gave an account of themselves, but thank God for that great covering that we feel today. Thank God this is the last Friday in 2023. Let's go out shouting victory. Let's go out with our hands lifted up. Let's go out with our mouth filled with praise. Let's go out glorifying and magnifying the name of the Lord. We don't have to wait till the last day of the year to be thankful, but thank God every day is a day of thanksgiving. Let's go before the Lord. And pray. Thank you, Jesus. 
Also, Sister Darlene is recovering, and the Hodges are coming back tomorrow. <laughs> I just want to stand and thank the Lord and thank the saints for all your prayers. I mean, this, this, it was absolutely a miracle. And uh, I was just talking to Sister Tangela, which she, I had spoken to her before, and she, she said that, Sister Pam, this, this is going to take a miracle. And that's, you know, the Lord had to lead and guide me to that doctor. He, he had to. I mean, I was researching and looking. Unfortunately, the doctors here could not, they couldn't accommodate me. But the Lord was the one. I, I mean, this man was just excellent. But I don't want to give him, I'm giving the Lord the honor. He used him as a vessel. And when, you know, after the surgery was over, and uh, I, I guess I came out of recovery, the only thing I could think of, thought about a, several things, but it was songs that was just ringing in my ear, like, you know, he'll do it again. And, you know, he gave me a chance to, to, Strive for the bride. And then I, I thought about 2006, Brother Brown, when I had all those other blood clots. And you came there and, you know, in 2006, I was still pretty religious. And so, so my thing back then was, well, you know what? I'm a good person. If I die, oh, well. Didn't know that it's, it's a whole lot more involved. But back then... I remember you saying, well, Sister Pam, you know, you're not an overcomer. So I thought about that. I'm still not an overcomer. I'm better than what I was. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just, I'm just elated. I'm, I, I feel great. Uh, I, I just don't know what else to say. Uh, but I'm just, I'm thankful I'm grateful to be here, and I thank the Lord. No telling what God can do till you go through it. People can tell you about it. You can see a difference, but when you go through it yourself and you know, my God is real. He is real. He has a hand in this land who's teaching us how to know and how to trust and how to believe in his mercy and to be able to tell him thank you in this lifetime and be able to know that we can thank him in the next is a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. I just give him all the glory, all the thanks, all the praise because it didn't have to be so for any of us. But we all have testimonies. We all came from places that we never want to go back again. And it's only by his grace and mercy and the hand of the ministry that's leading the way to us. Otherwise, we wouldn't know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. But we're being taught here, and I appreciate that so much. Praise God. I'm thankful. I'm feeling fine. 
thankful. I really am. I'm thankful. Thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be amongst the people of God. Thankful for time. Uh, I wasn't feeling too well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lord didn't have to uh, just put his hand on me, and he didn't have to heal me, but he still did. And I'm just thankful. Thankful for the saints reaching out. You know, in my mind, I'm just, you know, I got a sick, but I feel good. I'm like, I, I can still go day 21, but I'm still feeling good. But I'm thankful for the saints for just bringing me some food and just continually checking up on me. And um, my dear sister, I was a host of my cousin. She made me some tea, and I just was just drinking it all day, all night. And I felt better the day after. Well, I actually went to urgent care, and they said I had it. Well, I was sick. I was sick bad. I just drank that tea the day after. I bounced right back, took a, took a test. I, I tested negative. But it's just the Lord didn't have to do that, but he just he made me bounce back just so, uh, so fast. And I just want to tell him that I'm just so thankful. During that time, I was just thinking about the times when back at home, um, there was a lot of material things that I didn't have. Didn't have an education, didn't have a vehicle. I was just sitting at home, didn't have a really steady job. And like, as I was sitting up there, and while I was sitting out, I was just thinking about these times. And I would just go, I would go in the front of the house. I remember this. And I would just tell the Lord that I got a roof. I got life in me. I got food to eat. Uh, I, I, I got somewhere to lay my head. I'm just so thankful. I got to a point where I got a few things, and then now I got a little bit pride in, in, in me, and I couldn't really just, I, I, I wanted more, I wanted more, but then as I was sitting back, and I was just remembering those times where I would just sit up there and go in, the, in my home and just tell the Lord that I'm thankful, I will look into the driveway, and everybody at that time, uh, I had graduated high school, and everybody was getting their degree, and I will look in the driveway, I'm like, man, and, uh, forgive me for saying man, uh, but, uh, Forgive me, sir. That's okay. We can't speak this modern speech. Want to say that statement again? I look in the uh, driveway and I say, man, I say, I don't have a vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Much better. Thank you. <laughs> Forgive me, sir. And um, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. I really am. And uh, I'm driving back from, from work this morning, or this, this afternoon, this evening, and um, I'm just, just thinking to myself, man, look, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing. Look at where you are. And I just want to tell the Lord that I'm thankful because he didn't have to do it for me. But he kept me and he remembered me. And he encouraged me. He kept me encouraged. And I'm just so thankful. I'm listening to the testimonies. And, and uh, I'm thinking about a scripture. So it was good that I, that I was afflicted. That I might learn. I'm, I'm, just so, I'm, I'm just so thankful. I'm feeling fine. I'm, I'm just right. I'm, 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 I'm okay in my head. I'm, 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 fingers is working. My toes is working. And, I'm just so thankful, and I just wanted to give a pray, uh, offering of praise to him. I'm thankful. Sister Tiffany Scott. Good evening, everyone. I just wanted to um, get my opportunity to pay my vows now in the presence. I'm sorry. Forgive me for not standing. Um, I just want to tell the Lord that I'm grateful. I'm thankful that I can stand without pain. Um, not for a long time, but... I'm thankful um, for this recovery. I'm thankful for all of the prayers, those that have come to visit me, to check on me, to call on me. But I was listening to Sister Pam um, repeating the conversation that she had with 
Sister Tangela about it has to take a miracle. And I'm thankful that um, I can stand as a testimony of an answered prayer. I'm thankful that God, even as we close, prepare to close out 2023, like I, he's given me a testimony that he's still a healer, whether it be a surgical procedure, sickness in your body, COVID, a sore throat. I mean, any affliction that is in our body is trespassing. And he said that he would put none of these evil diseases upon us, that they were there for the Egyptians. But I'm thankful to God that the prayers of a righteous man, they still avail as much. I'm thankful to God that if we put our trust in him, we will never be let down. I'm thankful that if we trust him to have the victory, he will still prove to be faithful and victorious. I think about the scripture in Lamentations where it talks about that his compassions faileth not and it's by his mercies that we are not consumed. I'm mixing that scripture up, but they're renewed every single day. But I'm thankful for that because it didn't have to be so. There are some people that wake up, they go into a hospital and they don't come out, but I'm thankful that that's not so. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that he's still giving me the activity of my limbs, that I can lift my hands and say, thank you, God, for being who I knew you could be. Thank you for giving me a testimony to prove to me that you're still who I know you to be. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters that it doesn't matter what requests that we make known, that we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us, that we can look to the hills when we feel our heart is overwhelmed, that he can lead us to the rock that's higher than us. It's higher than any situation that we face, any trial, that we're, anything that looks like a giant or a mountain, it has to bow down to our faith. And so when it feels too overwhelming, all we have to do is say, Lord, please help my unbelief. Please increase my faith. But when we say increase my faith, we know that that's going to require, that's going to require us to look higher and to look up above every situation because he is the God of the hills and the valleys. But when we go through the valleys, he's the lily in the valley. So I, I know that I'm running and I'm trying to slow down, but I'm just so, so, so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the testimony that he's given me. I'm so grateful that there were no complications with this procedure. I'm so grateful for the way that recovery is going because I know that pretty soon I will make my way back into that sanctuary because I keep telling him, Lord, I got too much to do for you. You have too much for me to do. I have to keep going. I have to keep pressing. I can't serve you afflicted. So you have to give me full recovery because you got too much for me to do. So I just wanted to stand on my feet again just to express my extreme gratitude for the prayers, for the calls, for the text messages, because God is amazing. He's awesome. And he's still a healer. He's still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. And I just wanted to stand to say that I'm grateful. Never heard that song in my life. And that's wrong. That's wrong. First of all, I want to say thank you to God that uh, allowed me to be here today, allowed me to see light again. Um, that song, like I said, I never heard of it. And, and that line is a powerful line. Um, sometimes this uh, mind or this epidemic nature wants to wake up and well on the problems we have um, and want to immerse our mind throughout the whole day and some of us, the bills that can't be paid or I'm not happy, I'm depressed, 
but you got heaven on your mind, <laughs> that turns your world upside down. And uh, I appreciate God for that. Um, as I, just personally today, I wasn't feeling too hot. Um, honestly, Brother Jeremiah, I don't know what he did today. He just said a word. He just said, God is still with you. He didn't know what I was going through. And that, to me, that's heaven on my mind. It, it sparked something in my mind and, and changed my disposition, changed, changed, changed just the way my outlook of the day. Not always, but today. Um, you know, stress is a, is a stronghold. And if you allow it to stay upon your shoulders, bring you down. Um, thank God. Thank God for being here. Just thinking about the, I'm coming up a year and a half being here. And uh, I would never regret the moment where I listened to God and to be where I was to come here. Because it taught me that although I'm going through what I'm going through, just keep heaven on your mind. Yeah. Keep heaven on yeah. your mind. There's a song while the, the testimonies were going on. There's a song that I've heard. It's always ringing in my mind. Um, forgive me. I'm not going to sing it a couple times. But um, the song is uh, Through It All. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Uh, through it all, I learned to trust in his word, I think. But that song's a powerful song. That's a testimony for my life. And I want to continue to keep uh, the praise of the Lord in my mouth. I uh, never want to just let the what he's instilled in me be laid on, laid on the wayside. I just want to keep it in the front of my mind and continue to sing, to repeat that song through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And um, I learned to trust in his wonderful word. Thank God. Uh, continue to pray for me. It's still a struggle. It's still an adjustment. Uh, may God be with you.
I have a question. I don't want to quench the spirit of prophecy, as Paul tells us, the spies not prophecy. I have a question. That song dropped into my heart. The emphasis is on a new day. And of course, we're about to approach soon to be a new year. So the question to you, it's not rhetorical. It's a question for consideration, like an answer. Is God really into new days? Uh, we do new years. Um, is that something that's traditional? Or does it have anything to do with God? I'd like to hear your thoughts. A new year. A new year. Think about that. Who says a new year? Is that biblical? Should we, should we embrace such a concept, an idea? That's just a question. I think it's worthy of a biblical answer. Oh, yeah, Zoom is welcome to, to share your thoughts on it. I would like to know because uh, definitely there is a new year in just a matter of hours. Does it have any biblical significance or is it just another witty invention, woolly ideas of a carnal mind? I'd like to know from a scriptorial standpoint. Egypt, he said, this day shall be the beginning of months to you after he had brought them out. Very good response. Anyone else? Brother Russell. Thought about those new mercies. Uh, Lamentations 3.23 said uh, uh, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, we sure appreciate the mercy every morning. But it's a new year. Of course, Sister Vanessa have already given unbreakable scripture. Let's look at that, if we may. I'd like to hear your, well, first I'd like to hear your expectations. What does it mean to have a new year? What does that uh, signify? By the way, uh, what she was making reference to, if I'm not mistaken, that's the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12. And uh, Israel actually had two calendars. They had two calendars. Uh, they had a religious calendar and also had a civil calendar. Uh, that was two, and both of them had their place and their significance. Uh, when God gave those instructions to, the, uh, to Moses to give to the nation of Israel, it was somewhere around the late March or early April, and uh, this is where they start time from a religious, a spiritual standpoint. And why would God do that? Why implement a whole new year when you already had a year? Well, because this is going to be a whole new world for them. A whole new life. It's the beginning of a new day. A day in the Bible is not just 24 hours. A day can be 24 hours. A day can be a period of time. A day can be a thousand years. Or a day can actually be 2,000 years. A day of grace is a 2,000 year day. Uh, it's called today. The day you hear his voice. That was starting on the day of Pentecost. Today. Uh, when you hear his voice after so long a time, harden not your heart. The two-day is the day of grace. That was a two-day for Israel uh, when Moses was given the commandments of God. That was their two-day, but it was a prophecy. It was an allegory and a picture 
of the day of grace. That's another day. And, of course, that's the beginning of time. If I may, that day is a 2,000-year day, not to be redundant. Uh, but that day started on the day of Pentecost, and that was the day of grace. That's where grace started. And so the time in which you live in the day has not come to a close. Are uh, you living in the day of grace or the dispensation? A, a dispensation is a, a world. It can be a period of time. And so this is a 2,000-year dispensation, as Paul calls it. Uh, what is it? Ephesians chapter 3. Yes. And so, uh, but anyway, it's a reason. But it's a, look at the two-day. It is said. He's actually quoting Psalms. Uh, what is it? Psalms 1. Help me out. My mind is not sharp as it was at one time. But that's okay. Thank God for crudence. Thank God for devices. Uh, what is that? Psalms 1. Someone help me. Anyway, it is said today. Psalms 95. Uh, back it up one verse, maybe two. I'm just trying to provoke your mind, but I think I'm feeling the Lord in it. So maybe uh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the God, the Lord, our maker. Verse uh, number seven. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pastors and the sheep of his hand. Here it is. Today, if you hear, if you will hear his voice, that was a prophecy 1,000 years before the day or the two-day began. The two-day was the day of Pentecost. That's when it started, the day of grace. And so that was a new where, new day. It was a new world. It was a new dispensation. It was something altogether different. And uh, maybe if God give us grace, we'll come back to that subject. But if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, uh, as Sister Vanessa brought out, uh, the Lord did something new for Israel. He done something altogether different for the nation of Israel. And uh, let me let me get my Bible in. Unless you brothers or someone have something they want to add on, I think I would like to uh, I'd like to labor in that vein for at least a moment, if I can here. I'm gonna hold this mic, brother. Uh, it's brother Paul's writing when he said some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unstable. And I need to touch that for a moment. Uh, how they rest the scriptures. That's talking about spiritual stability. Uh, if I'm just for hype and psych and pump me up and wind me up, <laughs> I'm unstable. I'll ride the tides. When the tide is high, I'm high. When the tide is low, I'm low. But I like growth. I like to appreciate. I want to commend him publicly because uh, he's worthy of that. With my bad manners here for just a moment. I should have done this before. Just one of these things I trust God to leave behind in 2023 and not uh, be so uncooped going into the new year. Uh, but Brother Shelby and his uh, exaltation and testimony is a little bit of both. Uh, a year and a half is how long uh, he's saying he's been here. But what a notable difference. Uh, there was times, and that's life. This life is full of hills and valleys. And he didn't know when he came this way and submitted to this order. It was a new day in his life. Uh, I don't know if he knew it then, but I'm sure he knows it now. It's a new beginning uh, in his life. And it's not whether or not he go through anything any less. I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to hear me carefully. The Lord didn't come to isolate you from trials and tests. Uh, it's the same... Uh, uh, 
Peter make, it, make this statement. He said the same, uh, same afflictions are accomplishing your brotherness in the world. And that's a fact. And so because you say that doesn't isolate you, it doesn't isolate you from the stresses of life, uh, from the challenges of life, from the afflictions of life. And I often tell some people when he's telling me their issues and they seem to be dissipating over it, it's just life. I make that statement redundantly. Some on the, on the box has heard me tell them that redundantly. It's just life. Christ didn't come to isolate you from... Please slow down. The holy angel turn around and looking at you. I ain't seen you come, brother. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm glad I'm saved. That was a day I would have laid hands on you, on your tie. Yeah, there's days I would have laid hands on somebody sticking upon me. <laughs> I would, wouldn't have been anointing with oil either. <laughs> but I'm glad the violence, I hope, is gone out of me for good. I was telling Sister Michelle, that was a, a time in my saved days. I laid hands on a person. Never thought I would do that. Uh, he has just the right combination. Before I know it, I was casting the devil out. God, I sure hope I never do that again. I really do. Not that he didn't deserve it, but let somebody else do that. I'm not here for that. That's not my purpose. Jesus Christ, the Bible said, he cast the devil out with his words. And so that's the way we want to do it. Now, keep our hands to ourselves. That cost me a $100 fine. It did. I thought he let me off too cheap. I didn't tell him that, though. But, uh. I afflicted myself for that. Nevertheless, I listened to Brother Shelby. Uh, a new date denotes a new start. That's what it means. Uh, a new year is making reference to a new start, but it's for a span of time. You have to look at it that way. Uh, there was a time that a Brother Shelby, not despairing him whatsoever, uh, he was full of trials and tests, and it was constant battles, and he just really sapped his strength until uh, he lost his self-worth. Uh, he didn't face his challenges with the confidence that the Lord would bring you through. So he needed some experiences, which not he didn't have enough. He had plenty. It's not what happens to you. It's how you respond. It's not what happens to you. It's what's happening in you. Uh, and the Lord has listened to these testimonies. Sister Pam, appreciate your testimony. Uh, Sister Tiffany, appreciate your testimony. Uh, uh, Sister Christine, appreciate your testimony. Here is a great fault among the dear people of God. We can see the need for physical healing. We can see the need for physical restoration of the body. But we toy with the need of a psych. The word psych is the same word that's translated soul. Your soul is your psych. It's the way you process. It's the way you remember. It's the way you feel. It's the way your thoughts are. That's your psych. That is your soul. Your soul is a you. It's you, it's the way you think, it's your feelings, it's your memory, what you dwell on, that's your soul. And so I don't know why we have a difficult time acknowledging that the soul has to be healed. And you say, well, the Lord healed my soul when he saved me. He healing your soul from sin. But you also have a psyche in you that processes information in a destructive way. And it's called depression, it's called gloom, it's called doom, and it's real. It is real. And it has to be addressed. I'm so happy I went to this, uh, this summit some weeks ago. The first time I've ever heard anyone publicly acknowledge that and walk us through that, except for me. Not that I'm anybody special, but uh, one thing about it, I'm not, and you know this about me, and I'm going to be just me who I am. I was telling the brothers last night, I spent two years and three months 
trying to grind me down and watch my speech and not be so offensive and not be so abrasive and not be, what's the term they use? Uh, intense. Yes, and I've done good. I've done good, and I sit back and look at me the last week or so because getting to another year, I don't like me like this. This is not who God made me to be. He told me to lift up my voice like a trumpet, cry aloud and spare not. Uh, that it showed the house of Jacob their transgression and Israel their sin. And wrong is wrong. I don't care who you are. And so I'm sorry if I offend you. Get you a polyester suit because I'm going to take you down through hell. That's just what it is. I'm, I, that's enough of that. Two years of working on me. I'm taking a muscle, muffle off and I'll make enemies and that's all right. You're going to have enemies if you do anything. And I'm not that I was concerned about enemies. I don't want to offend God's people. But that's between them and the Lord. I don't have an evil intent, an evil motive. Uh, but to say not for me is sin. Uh, God made me to understand as he told Ezekiel. I'm going to get back to this new day. I hadn't lost my thought. Uh, what is that Ezekiel? He says it twice. He says, son of man, I set you at a watchman upon the wall. Said Ezekiel 33. And if you see the sword, that's judgment. If you see the sword coming, and if you sound the trumpet, that's a message. If the people hear, if they don't hear you, they shall surely die. But you've delivered, you've delivered your soul, the blood is not upon your hand. But if you see the sword coming, and you lift up the trumpet, and if they don't listen, if they do listen, I'm misquoting that. Here we go. Uh, yes, if you don't listen, here he is. But if the watchman see the sword come, and he blow the trump, that's a message. I'm sorry, and blow not the trumpet. I'm sorry. I guess I'm getting older. My vision getting dimmer with the glasses. <laughs> and the people be not warned. If the sword, that's judgment. That's execution of God's wrath. And of course, there's four. I won't get into that. But there's the sword. There's phantom. What else? There's a plague, and there's wild beasts. You say, well, I, we don't have wild beasts. Yes, you do. Look at your neighbor. <laughs> that's a wild beast. And if you're not careful, the Lord will ask your adversary to have rule over you. That's God delivering you over to the beast. Uh, and I like what David said, a thousand fall by my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. That is, if you got a bear spirit, if you got a giraffe spirit, if you have a kangaroo spirit, it doesn't matter what kind of spirit in you, if I rule my spirit, I thank God I can kill my beast and help you with yours. <laughs> Not let it devour me. Okay, here we are. And so, uh, this is the Lord talking to me, and I've come to this conclusion. When I was in St. Marcus, I had a little time to uh, really press behind the veil, and the Lord reminded me. He didn't call me to be like everybody else. He didn't give me a fluke. He gave me no reason. I will fail God tremendously if I try to be like anyone else but me. Uh, I'm not here to echo. I'm not here to mimic. I'm not here to be like him. I'm here to be what God called me to be. And so I like to tone down, but that was last year. This is a new day. <laughs> I'm not toning down. You'll be all right. Is that all right, saints? And you all, dear precious saints of God, you'll have to bear whatever reproach that brings. It will bring a reproach. It has brought a reproach. It never bothered me. I was concerned about you. And Jesus said, woe unto you and all men speak well of you. But you're not saying nothing. <laughs> but so speak the other false prophets. And so wrong is wrong. I don't care who do it. And you say, this is what we do in the body. It doesn't make it right at all. Wrong is wrong. I don't care who does it. Uh, I'm going to get on to something. I, I need to say it. I, hadn't, I, I have to say it. Uh, someone made the statement in a, a, a broad setting with many people across the country on. And the question came up about this Saturnalia. You call it Christ Mass. But first of all, Christ wasn't Catholic. He didn't have Mass. There was no such thing as Christ Mass to begin with. 
uh, that Saturnalia. Mass was introduced by the Catholic Church, and they used that, that day Saturnalia and say we'll just celebrate uh, Christ's birthday. Well, Christ was not even born in the winter because the shepherds was keeping watch over their sheep by night. In the winter, the sheep are always in the sheepfold because it's too cold. The desert is cold. San Marcos in that area is desert. It gets extremely hot. But my God, does it get cold. Every desert is like that. And so, uh, that's, and I can go through that. I can show you exactly when he was born, but that's not the point. And so the question is, well, uh, should we celebrate it? A brother response is, well, it must not be too bad because all the body is doing it. All your affiliation is doing it. The body of Christ is not doing it. And your association and your affiliation doesn't make it the body. What makes it the body is when Christ is the head. And I know this is going to be offensive, but whoever it is, forgive me for saying these things. If I'm offending you, turn me off. Just turn me off. But here's the point. Forgive me. I'm not stirred. I'm stirred myself. <laughs> Some things got to be cried out against. The people who do that in front of you, what they're telling you is Babylon has it right. It's okay to embrace a lie because it's going to cost too much to stand for the truth. You're compromising. That's not, the, that's not the message of, the, of Jesus Christ. He never taught you to celebrate his birthday. There's only twice in the Bible someone's birthday was celebrated, and both times somebody died. You remember Pharaoh? Remember how he, had a, he celebrated his birthday? There was death in that. You remember uh, King Herod, how he celebrated John the Baptist lost his head. And so uh, if you want to celebrate your birthday, you and your spouse, that's your business. But when you have a big tirade and you want everyone to come and bow and to honor you, you that's self-exaltation. That's lifting up what God hates, which is the flesh. And so Christ's days of his birth has no significance. It's more better as the day of death. One's death and it's the day of their birth. It's more important when he died, that he died. Thank God that he was born, but it's not to be celebrated. You want to celebrate his life, then don't you live your life in vain. Uh, that's, uh, that's, but anyway, uh, those things going across the airway because nobody's pushing back against it. Somebody has to be uh, radical enough, if that's what they will call it when you're crossing people's belief, Somebody has to be emphatic enough that they won't back up on it. And whether it's one, a hundred one, or ten thousand and one, I'm telling you, whoever celebrates Christmas, you celebrate an idolatry. That's a great evil. It's wicked. It's ungodly. It's a deception. It not only should it not be celebrated, it should be abstained from. Completely. Don't tell me you'll talk about Babylon and you acting just like it. Decking your halls and putting up trees and you're trying to make something ungodly and pagan. You're trying to make it a Christian because you don't want to suffer reproach for the name of Christ. Because you don't want to suffer the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is the will of man versus the will of God. And it comes with a price. But thank God we're willing to pay it, aren't we? And it's okay if you're offended with my speech. That's not going to stop me from saying it. I hadn't said these things in a few months. <laughs> it's been almost a year. I don't know how we got away this year. But... uh uh, same thing, and I won't get on this, this, this riding no hobby horse. Same thing with believing that rabbit lay eggs. Uh, Christ didn't rise early Sunday morning. He rose after three days and three nights. And, uh, and once you accept the truth of the word of God, you make a covenant that you're going to live this life and hate what he hates. He hates every false way. You're going to love what he loves. He loves truth. And you're going to proclaim the truth if it takes the skin off your back. That's a new day for you. And uh, thank God it's a new beginning for you. Hold on to it. Don't compromise that. Amen. We're not here to be popular, are we? We're here to be saved. And so, uh, a new day. <laughs> My God, every day, well, I like to think of it that way. Uh, but the reality is you, you do need landmarkers. You need mile markers. You need something that you can evaluate time by. 
Uh, it goes on without you, but to let you know that your sand is going out of your hourglass. Take heed of your time. Uh, like what Paul says, now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. That's a revelation we have to get. And so if it's nearer, I have to make sure that I'm enduring and I'm embracing it. I don't want to come this far and lose out. Amen. And so here we are, the nation of Israel. He incubated. I'm going to use that terminology. I'm going to use that speech. Uh, there was only 70 souls. What a small nation of one man's seed. Just one man. Uh, I'm going to use that word seeds correctly because all the seed, as Paul says, is in the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. Uh, because you're the seed of Abraham don't mean that you're the children. You're just a seed. But of this righteous seed, Abraham, Isaac, that was the selected seed, not, uh, not, uh, not Ishmael. And then, of course, uh, you got to go down through that. Isaac, he had Jacob and Esau, but it wasn't Esau, it was Jacob. That was the selected seed. And then Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons. That was counted the righteous lineage. And those 12 sons married, but more than married, they produced offsprings. And their springs was counted as the seed. And so there were 70 went into Egypt, 70 souls. And I'm going to make a statement. It's going to cross most people's theology, but search it out. They didn't stay in Egypt 430 years. They stayed under Gentiles' dominion for 430 years. From the time that Abraham was the 15th chapter, I can go through this if I need to, in the 15th chapter of the book of uh, Genesis, uh, that's when the time clock started. When he said they was going to be in a land that's not their own, that's when it started. And then when he brought them out, who's counting God is? In the 13th chapter of the book of Exodus, he said uh, 430 years. That's 430 years under Gentiles' dominion without having their own nation, their own place, their own country. But never, and nevertheless, I, that's not the issue. But I want you to watch it. Seven is old. But when they came out, they came out millions. Uh, the exact number is not given, but we know there was 605,000 men who was 20 years old and older. And so God was going to do something new. This is a new day. No longer were they to be under Gentiles' dominions and authority. He was going to do something different. He's going to take these 70 souls and actually make them a nation. If it's a nation, you have to have a king. God himself is going to be their king. And they have to have laws. They have to have statutes and commandments. And he gave them that at Mount Sinai. That's where he joined himself and married himself to that people. So this is going to be a new day. And all the things that they had seen previous to that, all the life that they had lived previous to that, they live according to the ways of the heathens. He's going to do a new thing. He's going to give them his statutes and his commandments, his laws, his precepts. And that was to, put, that was to govern them. Uh, that is, if the three aspects of the law. They had judicial law, uh, when brother uh, stole something, when brother took something, when a brother wronged someone, there was judicial laws. Uh, they didn't call the cops, they called the authority. The authority was the Levitical priesthood and the judges that they had appointed. And uh, there was the judicial laws. And then they had the ceremonial law because they... People are full of festivities. We need festivities. You know how they control the masses. Everyone knows how to control the masses. Every government started mainly with Alexander the Great. He owned he had too much land. He had too many countries that he had uh, dominion over. And so he invented things like what you would call the Olympics. And long as you can keep people entertained, you can subdue them. Why do you think the uh, city promotes uh, uh, sports? arenas and they give billions of not millions no more billions of dollars to build an arena because it helps the population get their minds off their horrible condition all the crime and all the high taxes just entertain the flush and it'll settle down and so alexander they showed you how to do that then rome agreed i mean uh, rome picked that up 
And so civil powers today do the same thing. So for festivities, to keep Israel reminded of God and to keep them from dancing around a golden calf, he gave them days. But those days centered around him and what he was going to do, usually in sevens, every seventh month, or every seven weeks, something's going But that was to keep the flesh mind on God. Uh, so some things are of God because we're weak in the flesh. But so he gave them ceremonial laws, ceremonial laws, judicial, ceremonial. But here's the aspect. The moral law of God has never changed. Remember those three. We're no longer under that judicial. We're no longer under the uh, ceremonial. But the judicial aspects of the law, moral, I'm sorry, are still in effect and will never go away. Uh, Name how you treat your brother. Uh, Paul, he squeezed the oil out of the olive berries of the old covenant. He said, if there is any other commandment, it is fulfilled in this saying, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's squeezing all the oil out of the old covenant or those olive berries. It's your attitude first toward God, which never changed, and your attitude toward your neighbor. Uh, in these two, they ask Jesus, I want you already to know these scriptures. What's the first and the great commandment? He said, Hero is, get this revelation how God is one. In other words, forget about what the judicial system out there takes. Forget what Rome says. Our God is one. Don't you serve, don't you serve no group or an affiliation of thinking that's your identity. Uh, we're body. Your body of Christ is your head. Outside of that, you're just an affiliation. You're just an association. People can't tell you that because it it omits the purpose of the propaganda. The propagandists make you think you're okay by being a certain place. You're only okay if you do what's right. It's not your location. It's not even where you sit. It's where you stand. What, do you stand with Christ or you want to sit in a seat of comfort? Amen. <laughs> so you know I'll never be popular. Uh, but that's just never been my case. I'm never concerned about popular. God's, I thank him so very much. He put me in a unique situation. We're not indebted to nobody but God. And the bank don't worry about them. They just want your money. They don't care about your doctrines, your standards. And so we don't owe anybody nothing but to love them. Don't owe you nothing. So God put us in a unique position for a reason to be who he wants us to be, which is a unique people free from the bondage of debt uh, to your brother. If your help come with assistance, I mean, come with debt and keep your help. We're not asking for help. We want just one more of God. Are you with me, saints of God? It's been a long time since I talk like this. But you are here at regular. This is who I be. Uh, we have nothing to boast in. Our boast is in the Lord, not in popularity. And uh, well, the Bible says one, you can take that little if you want, but go try, you'll lose your life. He said one chased a thousand and two would chase 10,000. Go try that. He's talking about in God. If God's on your side, then you can have a thousand adversaries. We'll see who run. It won't be the people of God. And if it's two of us, and he said, if two of you shall agree on anything, it shall be done. We'll send 10,000 to flight. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I got a message for you. Anybody plus God is always a majority. Let that anybody be you, <laughs> and you'll always be in the majority. And that's a fact. It uh, doesn't matter who or how many is around you. Okay, with that being understood, because uh, I cross a lot of people's theology, but we don't cross the Bible. We won't say anything we can't prove, and I want you to hear this word, not with the Scripture too, with the preponderance of Scriptures. We're stacking so high that you can't see over we're driving so deep you can't get under it. The word of God is so wide you can't get around it. You have to submit to it. You can't break through it. Cannot be. You can violate it, but you can't break it. So here it is. Uh, he was going to do something different with them. He's going to give them a new identity. No longer they're going to be slaves in Egypt. 
No longer they're going to be under Gentiles' powers. They was to be under him only. And his mighty hand, which at that time was Moses, and his assistant, which was Aaron. That was the hand of God. He used the scriptures redundant. I'm saying it's in the scripture redundant. It's through the mighty hand of Moses. It's through the hand of Moses. That's the hand of God. That's the hand that God was using to bring them out, to bring them to himself. Uh, he said he mounted them up on eagle wings to bring them to himself and make them a kingdom of priests. And so here it is. He began to tell them right here. Let's pick it up, Exodus chapter 1. Okay, here we go. And see, this is the same thing for you and I, spiritually speaking, mentally speaking. Don't let a year just come and go. Don't let it just come and go. Every year you go into it. We don't set New Year's resolution. I don't know about no resolution. But we do have New Year's determinations. We have New Year's goals. We have New Year's desires. And we set our eyes on the prize and we press it. Amen. If I, don't, if I don't hit the mark, if I don't hit the mark, my God, I'm still going to be better off than where I started. There was a song in the world way before your time. I sent it to some of you. I loved it when I was in the world. It marked my mind to this very day. I still sing it in my mind. Shoot for the moon. If you fall among the stars, you're still on higher ground. I may remember that song. I said to the yard, you forgot. It brand my mind. I'm a little kid. I heard that song when I was no more than 13. And so I set my goals high. Uh, didn't always hit them, but I was always better than I was before I set the goals. It's okay. God give you grace. You have another year. Set it higher than you had before. You'll keep, you'll keep climbing higher. I learned the same precept just in business, the same way in God. So what's the purpose of this new year? Why are we even observing it? Brother, because it's of God. I believe every year the Lord can bring us higher than we were before. Set your goals high. Aim for them. And you take assessments like you do in business every quarter. How close am I? Am I on mark? Do I need to pick it up? Uh, have I lost my vision, my purpose? God had a purpose when he brought Israel out of Egypt. It wasn't to be like any other nation. They was to dwell alone. There was to be no other nation like them. Not though they could be better than everyone else, but they wanted to sh God wanted somebody that he could show his wisdom, his knowledge, and his understanding to on the earth. God uses human instrumentality. So down in Egypt for those uh, number of years under Gentile powers, we interbaked them while it was in Egypt. And what they learned, I like what he says. Who said this? Uh, Stephen says this in the seventh chapter of the book of Acts, that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He learned how to read. He learned how to write. That's how you got your five books. He learned how to coordinate, uh, uh, what, what's this word? Coronatize, put things in order. All the way back from the, he did that. He learned that under the Egyptians. He learned how to survive in the wilderness. And what well, wilderness is uninhabited. We think about wilderness, you got bears and lions and trees. They call the desert wilderness. It's uninhabited. And so that man hadn't just started leading around. That man was, came up in wars and came up leading. He came up to Pharaoh's daughter. He knew how to desert, he knew how to navigate the desert. He learned that at the foot of Egypt. He knew how to put things in order. He learned that coming up as the Pharaoh's uh, uh, grandson. And so God uses that. So he uses the world to, to qualify his people. Absolutely. Uh, I learned how to lead by just being in business. And the things you learn naturally, you can use it for God. God is, is part of his preparation. And you can see that. And now, lesson is over. Don't no more, he need nothing else from the Gentiles or from the ungodly or the unredeemed. Now he's going to give them uh, the benefits of being his chosen people. He chose them so they could be a light to the world. And so this is the beginning. Go to 12th chapter. Uh, let's pick it up right there. My God. 
And uh, I want these things are written for, remember this scripture. If you never forget, remember in it, remember this. Romans, that's, uh, I'm about to misquote it. No. 16 and 4. It's 16 and 4. The things that are written aforetime, that's in the old covenant, are written for our learning, for our example, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. I want you to remember this long as you live. These things that are written are not just to take up a volume and put it in the book. It's that so we can have examples of people who made the right choices, examine people who made the wrong, and to see the great grace of God, the people who repent. No matter what I do, whatever you do, you haven't sinned or sinned unto death. You can repent. It can be a new day in your life. It can be a new beginning in your life. Thank God for his mercies. As we said here today, he's renewed every day. But this is your personal testimony. That's when you make your mind up to do differently. Okay, here we go. Remember this. What things soever was written aforetime, aforetime means in the old covenant. That wasn't at present time. That was on the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. That's the Old Testament. That was written for our learning. There's lessons to be learned. There's things to be gleaned. They're written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might what? Thank God for hope. Thank God for hope. And so here we go, back to the old covenant. You can see God bringing the people out for a purpose. The whole reason God even brings you out of the world is to sanctify you to himself. And believe me, when I tell you this, he wants to show his hand to work in your life. He doesn't make mistakes. Whatever your conditions are, whatever your status is, it doesn't matter. God can show anybody through you what he, what he can do if we just submit and agree. What a mighty God. And so the eyes of the Lord still run to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Perfect just simply means this is your desire. It's uncontaminated with anything else. This is what we're after. And so if God's eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, that's by his spirit, to find a people that he can show himself strong on the behalf, let the Lord see you. Wave at him. Hey, here I am, Lord. You want to show someone, you want to show the world your grace by someone? Here I am, Lord. I'll go. Use me. Tell them that, Lord, use me. Hey, Amen. I won't take a bribe. I won't sell out. I won't bend, bow, break, burn, boil. I'll stay faithful to the end if I don't help me with my shortcomings. Amen. So he's going to do this with the nation of Israel. Now go back to the 12th chapter of Exodus. I'm going to try to not deviate anymore. Uh, and I want you to see the significance. I want you to see the significance, verse 1. I want you to see the significance of this. The Lord spake unto Moses in Aaron. Aaron didn't hear the voice of God directly. He heard the voice of God through Moses. And we said in Aaron, Moses repeated to Aaron because Aaron was eloquent in speech, so God said himself. And Moses had a speech imperative. I guess like me, he had some problems with his speech sometimes. And, but he says, uh, God asked him, who made man's mouth? Who made the blind? Who made the deaf? Who made the dumb? The night out of the Lord do all these things. But Moses said, I, I tend somebody else. Because he couldn't speak well. And he said, your brother Aaron is coming. He can speak well. And you should be to him in place of a God. And he'll be to you in place of a prophet. And so you can see the order of God. God spoke to Moses, Moses and Aaron. And that's why you call it the hand of God. It wasn't just one person. And I'm going to say this again. And never let us lose sight of this. Anytime you got a one-man rulership, that's a dangerous man. And anytime there's a ministry, even a local assembly, that one man is the voice, one man is everything, brother, you got something, but that's not a New Testament church. It may be the beginning of a New Testament church. It has to be a ministry, not a minister. 
everything has to have leadership. I'm not uh, minimizing that, but it has to be a ministry. So if one die or one fall, the brother can hold them up. If one lose out, it's not a big deal. The next one will step right up. Amen. That's for the safety of the people. And so here we go. Uh, uh, and to Aaron in the land of Egypt, while he was yet in bondage, saying, watch these truths. Now, this is where it starts. This month, my God, that's somewhere around April, end of March, shall be unto you. No one else on the earth. It's the beginning of months. You start to count here, spiritually speaking. It shall be the first month of the year to you. My God. And so this is where you see the introduction of God honoring years. He instituting it for a purpose because he's going to do a new thing in the earth. He's going to do something altogether different. And so when I look at a new year from a business perspective, it's time to have your goals already set before the new year starts. Uh, it's time to see how you're going to bring into fruition your goals that you set, even so spiritually. God shows, take the invisible things of God that are clearly seen, uh, being understood by the what? Things that are made. He uses natural things to show you spiritual truth. And Jesus said himself, the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Religious people just blunder through life without goals, without even nothing to measure by. You need measurable goals to see whether or not you're on course. Amen. Uh, we're not just tipping through the tulips, uh, floating what will be. This is not Doris Day. Shalah, shalah, what will be, will be. That sounds good on TV, but try living your life like that. That's not reality. It's not reality. Shalah, shalah. That's not real. There's no shalah, shalah. This life will chew you up and spit you out if you don't qualify yourself and pay attention. Amen. And so here it is, verse 3. He began to implement some things. Let me open my Bible here for a moment. I want to expedite this. Uh, the reason I'm doing this, even tonight, we do have goals. No year has ever passed that we don't have goals, natural goals and spiritual goals as a group of people. And it's our job to make you know what they are. Uh, do we always hit it? We never come up too far from it. Oftentimes we exceed it. But we never come up far from it. Never. And when we don't finish one year, we sure finish the next one. Uh, both naturally and spiritually. By the way, to help us get our mind right for our goal, what do we do in January? We, what we do? We abstain from a lot of cravings of the flesh. The stronger desire you have is to eat. You say, oh, no, I got food under control. All right. <laughs> Let me see after about three days. Let me see how long you know. You don't even take three days, three hours. You can miss a meal until you say fast. Just the word itself makes your stomach growl. Uh, we do that to bring this flesh under subjection. We have a better goal, a bigger purpose than to eat, drink, and die. We're not here for that. Amen. And so we eat for strength. And I know we eat for pleasure also. They call it comfort food. But uh, uh, look, what, look what Solomon says. Uh, he said, woe unto you. Oh, uh, he called Israel, using by another name, Islami. Uh, he said, uh, when your princes are children, your princes mean your leaders, they're small in the things of God. And they eat, they eat, for, they eat in the morning. In other words, they're eating for, uh, for uh, let's read it. Yeah, woe unto the old land, my God. That's the people he's talking to, you earthly people. When thy kingdom is a child, king is a child. Wow. And thy prince, that's the one who he's begetting. Uh, that's the rest of the ministers and those who has authority. Uh, and thy princes, they eat, how he put it, in the morning. What's wrong with eating in the morning, Brother Brown? He's not talking about breakfast. 
Breakfast means you breaking your fast from eating all night. No, they eating, brother, for drunkenness. Keep reading. I want you to get this. Please listen to me. I know I'm a little bit broad here this morning. Go to verse, is that, here we go. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the what? Sons of nobles, the apostles and prophets, and thy princes, that's the rest of the ministry, they eat in due season, but here's the key. They eat for what? Strength, and not for, you're not sitting there just glutton, not just glutton, not just putting it on. And by the way, there's consequence for just putting it down. As you put it down, you put it on. Yeah, I need something to stick to my rib cage. That's the problem. <laughs> we need to leave the rib cage alone. Uh, let's just eat for strength. Is that all right, saints of God? So starting January the 2nd, Tuesday, coming up next Tuesday, we're going to put the old man in his proper place, bring him under subjection. Now, there are some exceptions. Some of you are looking at my dear, and I'm a, you're still my son. I don't care who gets upset. Brother Isaiah, you got to find another way. You can't lose another ounce, son. Not another ounce. Your mother was sure to think little of us. I heard you told your mother you're down here hungry. I want you to be like God. God said if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> That's what he said. And I want you to be like that. Don't tell nobody you're hungry. <laughs> Boy, I can see it's on the night. <laughs> so you have to find another way to fast. You need your calories. So how do you do this? You can do like Daniel. He fasted for 21 days, but he never missed a meal. He just ate no pleasant thing, nothing pleasant. And so you're not saying, oh, I got to make sure I don't lose no weight. And you're sitting down there with smoked ribeyes and tomatoes and ketchups and uh, you dosing it down and you say, well, don't fasten. You're not fasting for nothing, but you're fasting from abstaining. You're not abstaining. That's what I mean. So you can eat, but no pleasant thing. I had one sister, I can't believe this. We was on a fast. I, it's just some things happen to you in the ministry. You just don't shake it. So I'm over here at the school, uh, over here just trying to make sure everything is well, naturally speaking. This sister got walking around a big old thing of donuts. I didn't make this up. I said, what you doing? She said, oh, I two things I don't like, and so I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting and I'm eating them. I don't like chicken, so I eat all the chicken I can get. And I don't like donuts. I told you about that, Brother LJ. I looked at her. I was breathless. Uh, well, people think they be hurting me. I'm hurt to see that you're so blind. I'm devastated. She said, why are you sad, Brother Brown? I did this. <laughs> I don't even trust me to talk. What kind of fast is that? On donuts and fried chicken. Who are you deceiving? You're deceiving you. And it, the, the proof of that, she ended up getting this fellowship, not for that, but it wasn't much longer, about another year. You're deceiving yourself. This is not that kind of place. When you're before the ministry of God, called God, sent ministry, you're before the judgment seat of Christ. And your sins, as Moses warned Israel, your sins, you be careful, your sins, what? They will find you out. That's just showing how disobedient you are. That's what it was showing. And uh, I didn't use that against her, but in a matter of time, she got warned. She got warned again, uh, and she ended up getting this fellowship. Uh, or she couldn't get back, yes. Uh, all she had to do is repent. You say, well, I have repented, Brother Brown. No, you apologize. But what do you mean by repent? 
If I told you, you'll only be doing what I told you. You don't know how to repent? She was repenting, telling me she was sorry about one thing, but I know what you did over here, and you won't confess it. That's it won't repent of it. You're only addressing what you know I know. You're not godly sorry to want to get it right. You're no, no novice. I didn't just start this last year, year before last. I have as much sense as you have. I mean, because you don't say something, I mean you don't know it. So why would you think I'm any slower? Because I don't say something, I mean I don't know it. I'm just hoping you get it right, give you grace. Because God has to give me grace. Okay, with that being said, uh, you want to eat for strength. I need to put this on on the fast because we'll talk about it again Sunday maybe, but I want to get it in now in case the spirit moved differently. We'll start fast on Tuesday. We're going four weeks. Four weeks is 28 days. Give yourself to it. If you have to eat because you have, you're taking medication, some of us are waxing older. Brother Russell, Sister Pam, uh, you know, you guys are getting older. You are. Now, I'm down here on this earth with you earthlings, so it look like I'm getting older with y'all. But my mind is in heaven. But I walk on the earth with you earthlings. Now, I have to acknowledge years is catching up with me as well. So if you're on medication, you need to take medicine. But don't sit down there with no ham hog talking about I'm getting ready to take my medicine. You do like Daniel. He ate for 21 days where you fasting. He just ate no pleasant thing. Eat for strength if you need to take medicine, and only as much as necessary. Hours. Three plates. The rest of them waiting to go in the microwave. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't have those kind of problems. Oh, yes, you do. You make all kind of provisions for the flesh. And so if you're going to eat one meal, that would be a sensible meal, no salt, no pepper, nothing that you enjoy, don't cook it, that it be raw. Or if you need some protein, and you use discretion. If you stop putting all that salt and the seasons on that meat, and you ate the meat for how the meat tastes, you'll stop eating it. That's another subject. I won't hammer on that. Oh, that's enough of that. Brother Brown, why, why is that important? Because Christ fasted. Fourth chapter of the book of John, he said, I have, I have meat, food, is what he means, that you know not of. His food or his meat was to do the will of God. He was fasting. He was abstaining. And the apostle fasted. Paul said fast often. Uh, and Christ even taught his disciples to fast. This kind only come out by what? Prayer and fasting, abstaining. The strongest desire you have is for food. Bring it under subjection. I get a headache. We all get a headache. A stroke. I, my flesh didn't lie to me a thousand. This is it. No, this time it's for real. Stroke. And I can almost see myself blinking out. <laughs> Brother, the devil's a liar. The truth is not in him. God is not going to tell you anything that's going to hurt you. And so back to this, this, I want you to see he brought Israel out. And Israel never fasted prior to coming out. They didn't know what fasting was. They didn't know what a saint he meant. They didn't know what submission was. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And so now he's bringing these people out. But listen to this. Speaking to all the congregation of Israel, God to Moses, Moses to, Moses, to Aaron, and Aaron's the one speaking. In the tenth month of this the 10th day of this month, you should take them every man a lamb. I want to hit this in a moment. I want to touch on this. Forgive me saying hit. We stop hitting. That's what happened to me before I hit. I want to hit. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. That lamb represented Jesus Christ, which is the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Every house has to eat that lamb. And this is a house. This particular house is, a, is an assembly. And so we're eating this lamb. We're abstaining. Of course, it's talking about the word of God, and we're going to give ourselves consecratedly to the word of God. 
everyone had to do it. And if it was too big, the house, the lamb is too big for one house, you had to call your neighbor. You had to call your neighbor. So that's why we do fellowship. We find someone we can actually walk with. We come together as a group. We call them meetings. But let's be honest. We're not one. One person believe one saved always saved among us. One person believe, brother, that there's a uh, predestination. Uh, somebody else believe that it's okay to do Easter eggs. We're not one. We're coming together and say, well, we're coming together to be one. No, we're not. We're pretending we contend. Because we're not getting up different in the word of God. We say, well, let's cause too much strife. Brother, there's, not, there's no other way. There's no other way that you're going to get to the truth of the word of God other than contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. You're going to have to contend. You don't have to be contentious. You don't have to be ugly about it, but we have to contend. And the day that we think we can improve upon God's ways, the day we miss it. If he say to contend for the faith, and we say we don't want to contend because we can't build like that, brother, you're trying to say, Lord, I got a better way, but I got a scripture for you. Well, then my speech come back, isn't it? I got a scripture for you. He that, he that leaves the law, you praise the wicked. You're saying we got a better way. There is no better way. We'll never be one if I believe that there's one in the Godhead. And I listen to a brother who he persuaded us one. And we persuaded us two. And some persuaded us three. So how are we going to find out? I'll tell you how you find out. You take your one and the one who take the three, both of y'all wrong is in the middle. One is wrong and three is wrong. We can prove that. But you can't prove it unless you discuss it. And I don't mean to do it to have a uh, cheering section, cheering for you. Everybody need to be quiet. A neutral territory, let's get into the good word of God and let God be true and every man a lie. Now we're contending for the faith. Now we're getting down to the truth of the word of God. As much as I love you, I don't love you enough to just want to hug you and tell you how much I love you. I want to love you enough that if I'm wrong, help me. And if you're wrong, I want to love you enough to help you. Out of the word of God. Is that all right, saints of God? So here it is. God's going to do something new. He wants them to take this lamb. And by the way, for 1,500 years, let me expedite this. For 1,500, 1,500 years, starting right then, every year, it was called the Passover. Every year, what was implemented here on this beginning of new months, every year they celebrated the Passover. And those three elements had to be present. A roasted lamb that couldn't be sodded at all with water. Uh, bitter herbs. It's showing you through the trials and tests that we have to go through. Paul said, through much tribulation, we shall enter into the kingdom. There's no way around this. We have to go through tribulation. We have to go through trials. And it's, what we, it's how we come out. It's what we do when we're going through. Don't send up black smoke. That's why I want to commend you, Brother Shelby. Honestly, you make my heart happy. You don't have any less trials, but your mind is different toward them. It gets deep. It can be hurtful. But, Brother Steele, you know what you do? You put on your best of suit. You go down through hell. Don't send up no black smoke. Nothing lasts forever. Good times, no hard times. Amen. So when you're on the mountaintop, remember, you was down in the valley. Keep yourself balanced. And when you was down in the valley, don't whine. Remember, God did have you on the mountain. A just weight and a just balance, that's the law of delight. You don't walk around sad, and you don't walk around so jubilant that you can't hear other people's afflictions. Oh, so here we go. He implemented it right there as the beginning of months, Brother Michael, a new year. For 1,500 years. For 1,500 years, they kept that. When Jesus, which is the last time it was to be kept obediently, when Jesus said, for, listen, with great desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you. This is the one that was going to put it in. This is the one to show you all the pictures and the type. It'll be done away with. Some brothers are still trying to have communion. But I don't see them roasting no lamb. I don't see them, I don't see them with no bitter herbs. 
I don't see what unleavened bread. They say they got communion. What do you got? You got Welch's grape juice. I don't see no grape juice in this Bible. And saltine crackers. They don't even have crackers. And you're not even getting a real meal, you're getting a shot. If I'm going to shot, give me the wine. Because Jesus drank the fruit of the vine, and it's going to automatically ferment just because it's so hot. But he ate a meal. It was his last meal. So you're not even doing it correctly, and you shouldn't be doing it at all because that passed away. Uh, where do you get that from? I get it out of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, brother, when you come together, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. It's not. And eating one, take his own supper, one full, another was hungry. It was just showing the carnality even they was doing. I had a discussion once. Uh, I don't need to call people names. Uh, it was up in New York in a minister's meeting. And uh, this, this was a discussion about communion. And uh, I don't want to call his name, but he's in the morning hour. Is that the morning? Yes. And so uh, he's up teaching. And I, I let him finish. Then I took issue with everything he said. And I pointed that scripture out to him. At the end of my conclusion, I kept my dagger. That's my dagger. Everyone, when you're talking to people, you always keep one in your pocket. When the rest of them don't work, you pull that one out, and that's supposed to end it. And so I used that, supposed to end all the discussion. He said, well, he mean don't do it the way they did. I say, I don't see no don't do it the way they did. He said, this is not. You add those other words because you can't accept the fact this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. This is not a natural meal. And this is the beginning of a spiritual life of what God was trying to, uh, Christ was trying to show them. This is natural, but it's showing you something spiritual. And so this new year, God help us. Remember, when you come together there for, uh-oh, I know all you Baptists, former Baptists are mad at this scripture. Into one place, this is what? I can't hear you. This is what? Are you sure? Yes, he meant it. This is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That was a picture and a type that was fulfilled in Christ. That's the end of that. There is no more ceremonies that you can keep. This is a spiritual life. Are you with me, dear saints of God? And so every year, this is what I'm, this is what I'm heading to. I'll get to the conclusion of it since we start talking about it tonight. Every year, regardless of what failures, what successes you had the last year, make up in your mind. Make up purpose in your heart right now. You're going to be the best version of Christ living in you that you can. Make that your goal. The mistakes I made last year, don't make them this year. The shortcomings you saw last year, get rid of them this year. Are you listening to me, saints? Let this be a new beginning. Reset your clock. Rework on yourself. A new start. Is that all right? Is that all right, saints of God? So I'm happy about a new year. My God, I am happy. It gives me renewed optimistic. I didn't pronounce that word right. Optimism. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You have to renew it. You have to set your mind again that I'm not going to walk in the same weaknesses of last year. I'm not going to make the same mistakes I made last year. It's, it's a, a mistake is not horrible if you learn from it. If you make a mistake and it doesn't make you any wiser, that was a wasted experience. You got to take it again. But if I can make a mistake, if there's a ditch I fall in and I'm walking in the dark, when I get out of that ditch and walking down that path again, I know there's a ditch. I don't care how dark it is. I'm going to be very careful. So when you make a mistake and you slip and you fall, you guard against that. Are you listening to me, saints? Some things can rock you to sleep. Just too much, uh, too much at ease in Zion. Too much eating, drinking, and being married. Too much of that. And before you know it, you lose your strength. You lay your head in the lion's lap. You've gotten weak. And so guard yourself. Quicken yourself like men. Watch yourself. Pay attention. Amen. I like what God told Moses. Brother, after all these ten plagues, 
the 10th one was the death of the firstborn. You know it wasn't over with? He, that brought them out of Egypt. But there was one more. The nation of Israel coming out of the wilderness, going to the promised land. The Pharaoh changed his mind again. That was God, hardened his heart. Until he took his arm and he began to pursue uh, the nation of Israel, Moses and Aaron in that nation. Pursued them right down to the Red Sea. And of course, God was in that. He led them to the Red Sea. He led them to a place that they couldn't get themselves across. And as I often say, they weren't baptized. They didn't stop and have no building fund. How are they going to get across? Because they would have, if they were baptized, okay, we want to have a building fund right now. Uh, who got $1,000? Of course, we learned those ways too. But that's not what they did. How are we going to get across this Red Sea? Look what God told them. He said, look, look at the Pharaoh. Look at his army. He said, after this day, you shall see them no more. Brother, that's something for you and I. When God brings us out of the world, some old habits, old ways, old shortcomings, they follow you. Turn around and face them, brother. Say, this year, I'll see you no more. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. He drowned the Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. Thank God for that new year. And there, the same year, he got the statues and the judgment and the commandment. The same year, he taught them how to put the tabernacle up. And they didn't put, in the second year, they had it up. The point is, God marks time. He does. We should mark time. Pay attention to time. Use it wisely. Don't let it waste. Don't walk through life aimlessly with no goals and no aim, both naturally and spiritually. Is that all right, saints of God? So, yes, God is in New Year's. I don't believe in resolution, but I, make, I do believe in determinations. And every year, I don't know about you, but I rededicate myself. I recommit myself. I re-sanctify myself. I do. Amen. I admonish you to do likewise. So I'm glad we're coming up on a new year. It's special to me every time we get through one. By the way, this is part of my testimony. I never forget this. A uh, guy named Lee Penn. He and his wife came and stayed with Sister Grace. It was on, uh, don't tell me the address. Thank God. I don't always remember numbers. I can't remember the address. Don't tell me. 32. Okay, go ahead and tell me. You insist on it. 3721 Baker Drive. My mind used to be sharp, boy. I remember years was definitely having an effect on me. He came down. Hadn't seen him in many, many years. He went into the army. He was old school buddies. Uh, who was best of friends. He lived right down the highway from me. We done a lot of things together. And sometimes it was good. <laughs> Most time it wasn't. But he's a little bit older than me. He had felt a couple years. And so he was two years older than me. He was in the same grade. Had he went to the army and I got saved, I wasn't saved at this time. But he had gotten saved. Sister Grace, remember that he and his wife, he came saved with me. Uh, no, he didn't get saved. He wanted to get saved. I wasn't trying to get saved. And Sister Grace, on New Year's Eve, took his wife, and they went to church. Remember that, Sister Grace? And so they come back from church, and he and I, you know, we want to get saved, but going to church, we don't, not on New Year's night. We can't see that. And so we sit down and talk about getting saved. Oh, we was getting it on. <laughs> and this is the truth. And I never forgot, I never forgot the conversation we had. And on February the 8th, which is just four or five weeks later, coming back from New Orleans, and the Lord smoked my heart and showed me myself, and I came to repentance, I remembered that conversation. It never entered my mind until I had repented and I was broken. But I remember the conversation I had with him with my head tight. That was prior to the new year. 
and it was only five weeks into the new year when God converted me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. And so I made this statement. I never forget it to myself. I'm going to change. I did say that. But next year, I said that New Year's Eve. I'm thinking next year means another 20, another 300, and uh, I mean, 65 days. No, it was just a few weeks. But I, I remember that. God heard my prayer, dealt with my stony heart, brought me to conversion, and I mean I was converted, for real. And so New Year's have special effects on me. I know what will happen when you speak it, when you put it in your heart and you purpose of God, you bring those words to fruition. Hey, Lord, I want to be better. What about you? Lord, I want to be more committed. Well, tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be more committed. I want to be more faithful. I don't mean in attendance. I mean in submitting to the order of God. I want to be more consecrated. Is that all right, saints of God? And so these are not resolutions. These are determinations. A bigger and better version of Christ in me. That's what I want to be. A bigger and better version. Amen. That's all stand. Time is getting away. Uh, I want to pray for all of us. We have, uh, I'm, how many hours we have for the new years? Got to be 24 plus, plus, uh, how many? It's 48, 40, it's 50. Don't count them. You can count them when you get home. <laughs> We're close enough to the close of this year. To the beginning of another year, we don't want it to be in vain. So we're going to spend four weeks. We do this uh, continuously. Take these days of fasting and keep your commitment in front of you to be not just more like Christ, but it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. We want to be more like him, but we want more of him in us. We remember what John the Baptist said, he must increase, and I, that's my flesh, myself, must decrease. Not my will, but God help us to do. We, can we do that, saints of God? Well, surely we can. And so here we are, called to Romans 12. This came to my mind redundantly. Let's take our bodies before we even start and let's present them living sacrifices. Not a roasted lamb and unleavened bread naturally, but to take these bodies, let these hands be holy hands. Let's lift them up without wrath and doubting. Let's take our voice and lift it up in praise and honor and admonition to the Lord. Let's make straight path for our feet, lest that which lame be turned out of the way. Let's bow our knees before the great God of heaven and of glory. And may God direct and help us and strengthen us. Let's rededicate ourselves. Let's recommit ourselves. Let's re-sanctify ourselves. Let's re-consecrate ourselves. Let's have a made of mind that we want to be more like Christ and let more Christ be in us than never been before. Oh, God, we thank you this night for the opportunity to gather together in your name. Lord, look over this congregation of people as well as those that are on Zoom and BoxCast. Lord, that you would make with our minds. Help us to hunger and thirst after more of you, Lord God. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord, and less of us. Oh, God, we reconsecrate. We rededicate. We recommit. We resubmit to you, Lord. It's in you we live, move, and have our being. Touch our mind. Help us to think right. Help us to talk right. Help us to walk right. Oh, gracious God, we thank you. We believe that you're able to do it, to do a quick work and cut it short in righteousness. Help us, dear God. If we can get our sight, if we can get our souls right, my God, our living will correspond to it. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. Okay, you may be seated.
Is God in New Year's? I can't hear you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's absolutely in. God and brought you to another one. Let's make the most of it. Let's make the absolute most of it. Okay, I'm going to stop. I appreciate, love you much. Uh, I'd like to give a report on St. Marcus before we dismiss. Uh, let Brother Caleb do it. Uh, it's been a whole year. Can you believe that? Since we actually commit to both time, our resources, a relocation, Brother Jacoby moved, him and his good wife. A brother Caleb moved, him and his need to be wife. She need to be known wherever she is. Uh, Sister Grace and I move half time, one week there, one week here. Uh, and God is beginning to tilt the ground, uh, showing us which area. And I've discussed this. We're in St. Marcus, but that's not going to be where we are. Uh, that's not going to remain where we are. But it's halfway between the two cities, halfway between uh, Austin and San Antonio. It's right in the middle. And uh, we'll see which way the Lord will lead us and what we've been doing. And uh, we noticed that where we're getting traction and the people we're affecting is north. North of St. Marcos is Austin. It's only 30-some miles. And so we're definitely going to be that, that particular channel. The Lord, not that he can't reach south, but he hasn't. And so that's what we needed. Just trying to follow the leading of the Lord. And the reason that's important because we have to begin to look at getting a place. I don't like, I make my living renting to people. That's, that's, how, that's how my income. And all they get is council checks and a receipt if you don't own it. So if they happen, I'm happy for you. But I can't in good conscience do that with God's people's money. We pay $2,700 a month. And we pay it. I say we. It's not the church's money here. They actually do it. Here's the thing, though. When I'm there, I feel that. When I'm here, I feel here. I would never do that with your money. We started off, I think it was $800 a month we was paying. And that bothered me. And now here we are these years later paying $27. That does bother me. Uh, I like the people to have something for their money. I'd rather pay $5,000, struggle paying the $5,000, than to pay $2,700. And never own it because we buy an equity. Each month you buy an equity in that property. It may be years before you pay it off, but you got equity. And equity keeps growing. It keeps growing. And so the people, with their sacrifice, they have something one day will be their own. Not only that, but they got equity. Uh, people think when you don't have any cash, you're broke. For many years, I never kept cash at all. If I had an extra piece of money, I put it in the ground. I'm so glad I did. Because they multiplied and it grew. If I kept the cash, I would have spent the cash and ended up with nothing. Because I let money rip. I'm not, I, don't, I don't value money the same way people do. If I have it, I'm going to use it. I'd rather use it for something that's going to reproduce. But the point being, that's my mentality. So I feel bad just keep renting year after year. This will be one year coming up. And uh, I'm looking for a place. And the first place I ask the Lord to show me where. I don't want to buy something we're not going to be here. I don't mind doing it for me because I'm going to sell the house and I'll buy another one. I know how to buy them. I buy them in a good place. I'm going to make some money when I sell it. And I can buy somewhere else. Uh, but the church, I can't move the church, Lord. I can't bounce people around. You'll think I lost my mind. Oh, by the way, y'all faithful followers. You faithful followers because I don't make foolish decisions. Let me make some foolish decisions and watch how faithful y'all are. I don't know about Brother Brown. He lost his mind. <laughs> he he got to be crazy. Made about 16 acres of swamp land. <laughs> I know someone actually did that. 
I didn't make this up. And anybody has sense, you all know you better get from around that guy. So, no, you have to, if you're going to be a leader, you need to be a wise leader that people can have confidence in. And so uh, I don't want to do this, and it's not wise. I wouldn't do it to spend people's money. So pray with me. We have to save some resources and uh, find a spot. Uh, I'm willing to buy without resources. How do you do that? Done it all my life. It's called good credit. It's collateral. I'm willing to do all of that. But anyway, I'm glad the Lord answered my prayer. This week, it showed me the direction. He just simply showed me where you're affecting people, where, you, where you're seeing fruits. It's coming from the north. The north is where we head. No problem. So pray with us on that. But I'll let Brother Caleb give a report uh, because I don't want you to lose sight of this. Even the name can be deceptive. St. Marcus Assembly. We're going to have to change that because we're not going to be in St. Marcus. We're there for the present distress. It's halfway. It's a, it's a college campus. It's a good luncheon pad. And so we're launching out from there. But, brother, uh, but pray for us. And so we need to even change that name. It gives the wrong perception. We're in the area. We're not going anywhere because I feel that God is, I know God is, I can feel the wind to our back. He's backing us. He's supporting. He's helping us. He's directing us. And now we have to find a place where we are actually going to pitch our tent. But you know, Israel, 42 times they pitched their tent in the wilderness. When he brought them to the promised land, they didn't pitch a tent. Solomon built a temple, and that temple stayed there. It never, ever moved. Even when Israel was put into captivity and destroyed the temple, they came back and rebuilt that temple in that spot. It's the same temple, the same spot that Christ came to minister to his people. And so a church can't be popping around. So the church is the people. You get a headquarters where you're going to meet, and that's where you need to be. How many times have we moved since we've been here? Not one. We talked about it one time. Remember that, Brother Michael? Remember we talked about maybe we want to sell and build another one somewhere else? Yeah, we're going to make some money. We're going to make a lot of money. Then he said, you idiot. You can make some money, but you're going to spend more than to rebuild it. He said, my God, thank God for 2800 Highway 311. <laughs> we're not going nowhere till the Lord come get us. But anyway, uh, so pray with us. We're, we're one people. Until the Lord says different, it's more of them than it is who move there. We're one people. And our strength is being one. We don't want to lose that. We, we can't build a street or assembly in another town. We're not trying to do that. But we want family until the Lord extend the family enough. You get too many people in the house, you need to move. And uh, until that happens, we're one people. But I'll let Brother Caleb uh, give a report, if you will, bring us up. Yes, sir. It's uh, definitely good to be here. No, it's not. You, see, you, you lost your manners. You're sitting down like you can't talk. Oh, yes, sir. See what happened when you don't stay on Zoom? Uh, actually, I'm on Zoom every Tuesday night. Come okay. tune on in on the Bible study. Oh, you're talking to a small group. <laughs> you're talking to the whole church now. Give oh, yes, you a scripture. Yes, rise and shine, uh -huh. for the light is come. You said rise and shine, That's sir? The Bible says to this people Go ahead. Nonetheless. It's definitely good to be here as you were oh, talking you, tonight. Uh, we Thank don't you have you on. The, I'm sorry. We disconnected that. But we can hear your okay. voice. You can go and sit back down. Okay. Nobody see you but me. <laughs> well, I'll I'm stand sorry. up for respect. I'll raise up before the uh, horror head. But um, just thinking about even tonight, uh, as you was talking, talking about New Year's, I often think about one of my favorite New Year's. It's the year of Jubilee or the acceptable year of the Lord. And it's always good to live in this day of salvation, this year that we live in now. <clears throat> Think about this past year for the 2023. We lost you, sir. 
Hold one second. We just lost you. Forgive us. We're trying to make some adjustment, make the wrong one. You still talking? Are we lost? And obedient. They actually bought homes in that region. Uh, but more important than that, now we begin to affect people. As I stated, uh, there are people who are north. One young sister comes, not young sister, she's my age, a little bit under me. She drives all the way from Round Rock. Round Rock is north of Austin. It takes her an hour and a half to get down. I feel real bad for her. Then it's another sister from Nigeria. Uh, she's in uh, Kyle, isn't she? Yeah, she's in Kyle. Kyle is the next town north of us. It's only about maybe 20 minutes from Austin. All these are suburbs of Austin. And uh, another sister, a family, they're from Kyle as well. And then, uh, brother, can we hear him? <clears throat> I'm sorry, we lost you, brother Caleb. Forgive us. Yes, sir. Where did you all kind of lose me so I can kind of pick when back you said up? The year, you said the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. All right, so I got to start you from know, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, but nonetheless, uh, we're just talking about the year 2023, uh, how we first started off in the homes in San Marcos. Uh, we started off in uh, East Austin. And the Lord definitely met us there, had some beautiful uh, house meetings and uh, as well as fellowships, but just reflecting on the house meetings. It was just wonderful to be in there to go back to the roots. A lot of us uh, probably um, haven't heard the full story of how we started even in Shriver, but I can remember being in uh, Brother Warren Williams' uh, living room uh, singing, we're building a wall, and I'm still trying to figure out what wall we're building. But uh, starting back in the homes uh, where everyone, you can feel everyone's spirit, and uh, we kind of upgraded in the homes. We started playing on the piano, but don't want to uh, keep going down. But the Lord met us there. And then from there, uh, we found a building. As I was making mention, uh, Brother Jacoby called a pastor, <clears throat> um, which is unique situation because we was trying to rent, uh, looking for facilities and was trying to think about renting a church. But this pastor is going to play a role even right now. What happened even in this very meeting today? I just got a text and I'll explain how this pastor played a role in it. Uh, from there, this pastor uh, led us to the owner of the building. The owner of the building gave us a great deal on a place, and we began to have a, a place to come and worship the Lord, uh, begin to have a place to try to establish an open door here. And uh, throughout the different meetings, you know, we had to get adjusted because no offense to all my saints on Zoom. When you're on Zoom, you kind of get used to uh, get to the meeting, not by commuting, not just get there at 715, 720, and there you go. But we had to remember we got to commute, come with our minds girded up, and it was, a, it was an adjustment, but the Lord, I mean, through the fellowships, all the saints moving, trying to come to a central location, trying to be a part, and the Lord has blessed it and has enhanced it. Uh, from that point on, uh, we started to get uh, families in. Uh, we've got a family that came by the way of Chicago, and then now we have another sister that came in by Brother Michael Freeman, uh, who has definitely, uh, she has not missed any Tuesday nights. Uh, she actually changed her schedule in January just to be a part of our Sunday meetings, and we met another sister from West Africa. Uh, she came all the way from West Africa, lived in the States. She's uh, planning on coming back. She had to go visit her family. But again, the Lord has started bringing us across uh, many different people. And as Brother Brown also stated, <clears throat> most of our uh, attraction started coming from uh, north of San Marcos, how Buda, um, the Austin metropolitan area, both north, south, west of it. Uh, we've had some interesting scenarios in churches. Uh, I would definitely make you laugh one day. I got kicked out the synagogue, but we'll leave it at that. Um, we're talking about that the Passover. That wasn't synagogue. They put you out for 
crossing their doctrine. Yeah, for they that. They did a good that, job there. We're going to keep crossing them. <laughs> for that grape juice and crackers. Um, but it's all, it's all good. But I'm saying all this because uh, in the process and something that we uh, come to appreciate, and when I say we, I'm not trying to make a separation, but we can all appreciate from this because it was the first time I heard it was back in June. When starting to work, it's three things to always take in consideration. And this was brought out. It's over there, I believe it's 2 Thessalonians or 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, but I can quote it. It's a work of faith. Um, when you think about faith, we know it's confidence with action. Uh, not only that, it's not only just a work of faith, it's a labor, labor of love. love. Um, but also, there's another th a part after it. It's a patience of hope patience in the Lord. Hope. Expectation that you're looking for, a cheerful expectation. And we think about it when you start and you're doing a work of faith, you're just trying to do the work of God, and it's a labor of love because you got to water it, you got to water it. And then after that, you're looking for the Lord to bring, bring things into fruition, and it does take time. But I'm saying this because in the process of us establishing relationships, establishing uh, uh, friendships with uh, various people, including this pastor that we met. This pastor was part of these group of pastors um, who meet once a month. And I'm saying this because one of the leaders of the group, actually, you would not believe this, he went to school at South Terrebonne at the same time as Brother Brown and Sister Grace. Uh, that pastor has took such an intrigue to Brother Jacoby. Uh, yeah, this is way back in the day. Uh, to entry to Brother Jacoby, they end up meeting at the car lot. They had a two-hour test drive. And after that, he was so impressed with Brother Jacoby, he wanted to meet Brother Brown. And so he met with Brother Brown. And after that, me and Brother Jacoby went to one of their meetings where we met the other pastor we first knew and the, the head pastor who leads this pit group. Well, now he's so intrigued with us. Brother Brown went again to his church. He's actually coming to church on Sunday with us. Uh, just showing the effect that we have not only with just different people, but even different pastors, different ones are asking us questions of what you believe, why you believe it. So I want to say this, that our work as a whole, us as a family, Shriver, San Marcos, because we're still one family, it's not in vain. It's a work of faith. It does take time. It's still a labor of love, but it's a cheerful hope. As we did in Shriver, as it was done in Baton Rouge, as it was done all the time, we know that our God, he'll do it again. Just take a look and where we are now yes. and where we've been. He's always come through. And that's what we say. We've never seen the righteous forsaken. I'm using this in application. We've never seen a seed begging bread. We know we're doing the right thing for the right reason with the right hope. And we're trying to build the Lord's kingdom. So I'm saying, saints, let's be encouraged. We are well able to take this year, the next year, and forevermore until he comes into his kingdom. Amen. Excellent report. Appreciate it. It's all factual. All factual. Can you believe this pastor? Uh, called him Bill. He calls me Leo. Uh, it's not like a break from calling him titles. I couldn't stop him calling me titles. And so I said, just call me Leo. I'm Leo Brown. Just call me. So he called me Leo. I reciprocate. I don't do it in public, but we call him Bill. Uh, so we can do it with the formalities. But he sticks to me like hot grits. Uh, I don't know why he loved me so. Of course, I don't hurt him. I'm real gentle with him. As a matter of fact, he has another pick as pastors in covenant with all different groups of religious people. Uh, they're actually looking for a building for us. Uh, it's like, I think it's 60 in, in the uh, San Antonio area, which we have to be north, not south. But he reaches that for one of the pastors who's actually looking for a building. I told him what we're looking for. Uh, someone sent me a picture today. I think it's Brother Freeman. Nice building. But that thing got a big old steepling cross. I'm trying to figure out how much it's going to cost to get that thing off the roof. I can't worship with no building with no cross on it. 
I can step in it, but I'm about to blow that thing off the roof. But it was already sold. So I said, well, God ain't in it. <laughs> because if he was for us, he wouldn't have sold. When God had a building for us, it's going to be kept. Nobody else is going to be able to buy it but us. Do you believe that? Yeah, nobody else will be able to get it. You can try it, but it won't work. It won't work. So uh, let's keep this in prayer. I'm hoping over the, I'm patient, as Brother LJ pointed out. Uh, Caleb, he pointed out, it is a, uh, it's a patient of hope. It takes patience. And I want to work with the Lord and not get ahead of him. But let's pray. Can you pray with us, please? We do need a place. And by the way, I want to encourage you all to come up, uh, come over uh, for the meeting in St. Marcos. Uh, we're stronger when we're together. And I was teaching them, uh, going over there with them, not that he can't function without Shriver, but you accomplish 10 times more. You know what unity is? It's multiples of tens. That's another subject. I'll get into it. Uh, it's multiplied times 10. That's what unity represents. I'll show you that. And so you're 10 times stronger together than you are by yourself. That being said, enough time has been spent. We've already prayed for those who are absent. Uh, good to see Sister Darlene over on, the, uh, on the Zoom. I do appreciate it. I uh, appreciate all your different, uh, dear saints who are on Zoom. I thank you for bearing with us, trying to uh, strengthen our, uh, our worship locally and sacrificing Sundays for everybody's benefit of the whole. Uh, we're going to do this year, I'll get into the details later, we're going to be more uh, visual, more uh, visibility. Um, we're on the backside of the desert trying to tone things down a little bit, but you can't hide. And so, ready or not, here we go. Uh, we use social media uh, uh, because that's where people are. When Christ went into, Paul went to a city, went where the people were. It was in the synagogue. People not in synagogues, they're on social media. Uh, some of my words might be a little bit offensive to some, but uh, God's got people. We have to go where his people are. So, let's pray and God give us wisdom and strengthen us while we take on this endeavor. We've already prayed. Let's have prayer requests. We have activities tonight. We need to move speedily then. We prayer. I'm sorry. Offer. I'm finna receive it. Yeah, you know what? I mentioned this last time I was here. I'm convinced that you all are spiritual enough that we don't have to actually walk around with an offering basket. Most of you give by means of uh, Vimo. Okay, whatever you call it. They put it on my phone. That's an interesting device. But nobody. You know, one lady did send me a hundred dollars. What a young lady from Africa. She uh, called. She said, I want to give you something. What's your, what's your, uh, what, memo? Zell. She wanted Zell. I said, well, just give it to the church. No, pastor. She's, you know, she's from Nigeria. Uh, she said, no, pastor, I want to give it to you. I said, well, just give it to the church. That's what I'm going to do with it. No, no, don't give it to the church of you. I said, okay, well, send it to my wife. Oh, no, pastor, for you. I said, boy, she got that right. <laughs> I said, go ahead and put it in there. Send it to her. She'll get it to me. He said, no, pastor. I said, no, she'll give it to me. That woman's a prophet indeed. I ain't seen that $100 yet. <laughs> That's the truth. I, I, I have not seen that $100. She, 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 she tried to tell me. <laughs> bad, bad thing about it, I'm scared to ask for it. <laughs> maybe she'll hear my words tonight. Maybe, maybe I get $100 under my pillow. I go to bed. First time somebody might have But anyway, let's use the, the uh, technology. That's what most of you do anyway. So rather than passing an offering uh, 
basket. That's just give through means that you use. And those who have cash, just drop it in a box. Uh, you got envelopes. Thank you, Brother Ray. And so we're going to change it. We want you to stay faithful. Sister Desiree, let me know if, if we're suffering for this move. But eventually, I like to not even do it on Sundays. And uh, we'll take baby steps so we can get to the point that we don't have to lose time receiving an offering. But we need to do it because it's in your heart. Uh, we don't take offerings. I want you to give. And uh, I'll teach on that later. Brother, who asked? That was you, Brother Isaiah, who asked me about tithe and offerings. We use the word tithe because it means a tenth. But we don't pay tithes. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. The difference in the New Testament, Paul says that God loves a what? Cheerful giver. And the first of the week, let every man lay aside. That's your job is to lay aside your offerings and your tithes. A tithe is a tenth, and offering was excess of that. And uh, I don't want to talk about it tonight. We just need to start turn out. But we'll go over that. Find a little, throw him a little bone, pet the puppy on the head is disrespectful to God. If you stand and you don't give your support, uh, give, I know God accepts a tenth. He may accept a fifth. He may accept 2%. I don't have no Bible for it. I know he accepts a tenth. And so I make sure I never give less than a tenth because that's acceptable, even before the law. But I'll get into that one day. So I don't believe in paying. I believe in giving. That's a big difference. Is that all right, saints of God? Yes, because I have a revelation. I have a revelation of it. And God, oh, Baptist hymn, you can't beat God's giving. I remember that song. The more you give, the more he gives to you. So keep on giving because it's really, well, look at me. It's really, really true. I better stop on my head. But I remember that song. And it's true. You can't beat God's giving. You cannot. Who gives you life? Who gives you breath? The activity of your limb, like Brother Isaiah said, the movement of your feet. Where do you get that from? You get it from God. Who gives you the power to get wealth? You get it from God, so it's offering time. Hallelujah. Amen.
February 7th, Marco, 9 through the 11th. People did uh, give me their itineraries that have them already, but if you haven't, please give me that. But let me know if you plan on going. We need to know who's going to be here and who's not. Uh, what's your plan? It don't take too long to say, Brother LG, I plan on going. Okay. Um, also, Brother, I'm looking right at you, but I'm looking at Brother Felton too. But Brother Brandon, we have in Kahoot tonight, so that's that don't take any physical activity. So don't say it's just for the young. We just want your mind. Um, pretty intriguing. I think most of the questions actually come from the young people Bible study. Oh, you changed it. Okay. Well, in regards to St. Marcos. There is a 
phenomenal hotel. I mean, really plush. It's a residence inn by Marriott. Plush. New. I mean, nice. I say nice. It's $129. Sound like a lot of money to me, but I had to bought a hotel room. You just, somebody pay for it or whatever. But it is nice. You can find some other way still looking a little less expensive. I would pay the difference. But young people don't care. Get Brother Isaiah, Brother Brandon, them guys, they'll throw a mattress on a shade tree and be happy. When you start getting older, you want to enjoy the fruits of your labor. A little more plush. But very, very nice. I would encourage you to come. The dear saints, as part of us, would appreciate the support. They've been giving their life, laboring. They appreciate the support to come and see them. So please, if it's possible to go, consider them, their dedication, their commitment. Hold their hands up. Amen. We'd like you to look that way. We love you all. Also, Sister Tabitha is in San Marcos. That's why she's not here. Uh, she did uh, did send a text out. I didn't send a text out. I'm sorry. She texted me at midnight. So I forgot to tell you we made it. I'm sure y'all didn't want that. And then I forgot this morning to send it out. But she did make it safely. Her and her family, her siblings and her mother. So, uh, love you all. You're dismissed.